Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and happy Sunday. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, and today i got a special co-host sitting in with me, Scott Kramer. How you doing today, man? Hello. How's it going, Robert? Good, good. How are you making out? Good? Pretty good, pretty good. Just uh, wrapping up the weekend and looking forward to uh, host, co-hosting the show tonight. All right, what a crazy weekend. You know, and I'll talk about that a little bit later because um, our guest is going to be calling in. So um, I just wanted to uh, – what a crazy weekend I had. I mean, my legs are killing me from the walk. Um, yeah, that's and, great. And I just felt like it was nonstop ever since Saturday morning. Uh, <laughs> craziness. But the cool thing was is I got to meet you. <laughs> yes, that was so much fun. It was really a, a pleasure, and it was so nice to have lunch and uh, sit there and chat for a little bit. Yeah, it was great. Next time, it definitely, definitely has to be longer. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because that's six. Because we figured it out when we got home. Up and back, we were up and back from New York in six hours. <laughs> that's oh like crunch time, okay? <laughs> absolutely, and we were waiting for a table for probably half that time. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's so funny. So tonight we have um, a gentleman by the name of Van Horing, and he performs. Um, he performed and wrote the uh, one-man show called My Age. Um, and he performed it on September 25th and the 26th of this year um, in New York at the Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender Community Center. So that's near you. Yes, actually, I used to work there, and I remember, uh, and I took one of the postcards for his show, um, but for some reason I was not able to make it, and uh, I'm still upset that I wasn't able to make it. So I'm excited to talk to him a little bit about his show, and what it's all about and where it might be going next. Yeah, because hopefully, you know, he'll be performing it more. I was talking to him, um, but when we first, you know, when he first introduced me through an email, um, you know, saying he wanted to be a guest and all that, and we were talking on the phone before we scheduled a date, and, you know, he wants to do it more, and he wants to be able to, you know, bring awareness by doing this show. And it's a shame that I knew about it such last minute. I didn't have any heads up that his show was in September, Right, I would have had right. him on in September. Sure, sure. But, I mean, I think it's really good to um, hear about what it's about and where it's going to be, and maybe he's got a website uh, where he can direct everybody and we can find out a little bit more about it. But I'm really looking forward to finding out. Um, it, it looks like it's a funny take on uh, what maybe he went through because um, the, the postcard and poster um, – looks a little bit kind of funny, so I wanted to find out. Scott, are you there? Yeah, definitely Scott's going to have to call back. So uh, Daniel will be calling in shortly, and we're going to um, touch a little bit later on uh, the weekend that I had, which was extremely uh, crazy, um, you know, up all after Saturday. Week here in Philly, uh, preparing for the Philly AIDS walk. So um, I – him have the night off so he could enjoy his, his rest. And Jeremy had his mother in from out of state visiting, and that is 
that, that quality time that you spend with your, your mother and father, especially if you don't see them all the time, um, is very special. So I wanted to make sure he had time with his mother who was in from out of state. So that's why Jeremy and Jack are not here. But we have the lovely Scott Kramer. How are you doing, Scott? Are you still there? Good. I'm back. I don't know what just happened, but, uh, but I'm back now. <laughs> Good. I was, like, talking to myself. <laughs> oh, it was funny. Um, so... <laughs> Very interesting, but yeah, he, he it is definitely humorous from what I gather from the bio and the description of the show. Great. It was, yeah, definitely, and and he seemed like a funny guy uh, when I spoke to him, so I think I have him here on the line, so I'm going to go ahead and welcome Terrific. Daniel Horrigan to Pazayam Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, how do I look? How's my hair? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're funny. So welcome to the show. Thanks for taking time out of your crazy schedule. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Very exciting. Yeah. So um, your show was on September 25th and the 26th yeah. of, of this year. Are you going to be performing it again sometime soon at the center? Yeah. Well, not at the center. Where that basically that was the first time doing it, just getting it up on its feet and. You know, performing it and seeing what the reaction was and all of that kind of stuff. And so um, that went exceedingly well. So now I'm looking at uh, doing a run, a lengthier run for at least a, you know, a few weekends, a few weeks, um, probably late winter, early spring, ideally. Um, so there's there's some stuff in the works, and then hopefully – you know, get some get some good feedback from that, and get some good press, and then try and tour it. Great. Well, yeah, definitely. So, so first, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go on about um, your show and and how it's transformed you, because I'm sure it's transformed you in some way, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I I mean, I, I wish you'd seen the show, and then you know we you'd understand a, a whole lot more. Basically. Um, I tested positive about three years ago. I am primarily a director. I am the artistic director of a theater company, uh, an indie theater company here in New York. Afghan's Theater Company is the name of the, the group. And um, I've been doing that for a number of years. And um, I, so I primarily I direct plays. Um, and the whole one-person show thing kind of came about as a whim, and I just started, you know, putting stuff down on paper, and, um, you know, it's just not not something that I ever thought I would be doing, but it's it's been really, really awesome. So primarily a director, but now this is a whole new other thing that I'm doing, which is really exciting. So what was it like switching over from being a director to being on the stage? Um, it was it was kind of weird, and it was interesting to you know work with. I, I had a few different people sort of directing me and helping me along with it, and um, I I would realize like you know as a performer I would realize things that I was doing that I'd seen other actors do, or you know issues that I was having, or um, you know things that I was kind of hiding behind or hiding myself from and performing it, um, and then being called out on by my director to, uh, you know, just push more and, and be more honest and be more truthful. And it, 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 was, it was funny to be on the, on the other side of the table. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's been a, it was a really great experience altogether. But I, I definitely have, I, I think I've always been a sensitive director to actors and actors' concerns and needs and insecurities, but now even more so, I would say. Right, because now you have that experience of being on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And just sort of, especially if you're doing a one-person show, there's nobody else to blame it on. <laughs> you know, true. be like, oh well, he wasn't giving me what I needed. You know. <laughs> so funny. I have to so tell you, Dan. Um, I, I I used to work at the center, and um, I went upstairs onto the second floor and saw all the the palm cards for your show. And unfortunately, I didn't get to see the show, but I think I still have um, the little palm card in my in my work bag. Um, 
So can you tell us a little bit about the show? I'm so interested to hear about it and, and to hear how you were able to talk about being positive after, you know, only finding out three years ago and bringing comedy into it. I think it's so important. Yeah, I mean, I've always been um, socially a storyteller. Um, and I've always had people saying to me, oh, you should do stand-up. You should do stand You're so funny. You tell such good stories. And your stories about your family and, and, and your mom and your life, you're, you're so funny. And um, so I've always been asked or encouraged to do stand-up. And I thought, you know, I don't... I don't really want to do stand-up, per se. Um, and they are just poor, tortured souls, stand-up comedians. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> and, they, and they have it rough, open mic nights and all of this, and it, yeah. it's tough. Um, and, and I just I thought, it, being a director and being in theater, and not to, not to discredit stand-ups and what they do, I mean, there are many stand-ups that are very inspiring to me. I just... I thought that if I'm going to get up in front of people one-on-one, um, I, I want to talk about something a little more important. So I thought, well, what if, what if I do do this? What if I do, you know, do what I do at cocktail parties? What if I can do that? But what if I can also talk about one of the things that's the most difficult for me to talk about? Sure. And then that, I think, will really validate what I'm doing and make it worth it. So... I decided to talk about being positive and you know what that what that journey has been over the past few years and I was actually um I was assistant directing an off Broadway show um a rock musical which is not really my bag rock musicals but um <laughs> I somehow I got this gig and I was assistant directing it and this is probably why I don't get asked to assistant direct during um, <laughs> during previews, what happens is you rehearse for because of uh, actor union rules and things like that. You, you you still have to rehearse the day of a preview a lot of times. So we're rehearsing for like two hours during the day, and then going and doing a preview show at night. And it didn't really leave me a whole lot of time to, I live in Queens, so it didn't really leave me a whole lot of time to go back to Queens, have food, or go work out or something. So I just sat down in the Worldwide Plaza in midtown Manhattan with my laptop and thought, you know what, I'm just going to start writing this stuff out um, that I've had on my mind. And so I just started writing it then, and that was last September. Um, so it's been like a whole year of just sort of, and I'd, I'd write it, and then I'd go home and read pieces of it for my roommate um, and best friend who's just been like a constant champion throughout this, and he's, he's a part of the story within the show. Um, and I'd just go home and read bits of it for him, and there's got other interested parties involved, and I found some, some folks who wanted to work on it with me, and it's, you know, I mean, it's gone from my living room to the gay center to who knows where, what space I'll be doing it in next, but it's just sort of evolved from there. So you were diagnosed three years ago. Mm-hmm. When, when you were diagnosed, were you educated about HIV and AIDS? Because I, I find a lot of people, were you educated about HIV and AIDS beforehand or aware of it? Absolutely, and that's, and that's a part of the show is that, uh, you know, I was educated and, you know, I'm... Um, you know, very educated and very aware, and that's, that is, a, uh, you know, I do comment on that within the show that, like, I, you know, I grew up, I'm, I'm 31, or 30 wonderful, as I say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I, I grew up with it. I saw, I saw Rose's scare on the Golden Girls. I, I knew about Ryan White. Um, you know, I'd seen... I, I, I was at Angels in America in college. Um, so I, I grew up very educated and very aware. And, you know, that growing up that way, there is a, cer- there is a certain level of um, responsibility and guilt that plays into it all as well. Yeah. And how has your family um, reacted, or do they not know, or... Well, that's the really, that's, there's the rub. Um, my family 
my immediate family, actually no family members know at this point, and that is one of the issues that I address within the play. A lot of the play is about, you know, saying, here I am, I'm standing, in this, I'm standing on the stage in front of this audience telling all of you all of this stuff, and my own mother doesn't know, who I am very, actually very close with. Um, and then just all the various issues of, you know, why I haven't told, if I haven't told her because to protect her or if I haven't told her to protect myself. So, um, no, they don't know. So it's been, it's, and my mother's on Facebook now, which is also crazy. She's on, yeah, she's on Facebook. Yeah, she's texting. She's connected. She's wired in. So, <laughs> so um, that, that's been, um, there's been a lot of very careful uh, resettings done on Facebook, <laughs> you know, with, and something that's interesting in all of that is you can, what I learned is you can um, create a group of people on Facebook and create settings so that that, that whole group doesn't see certain things, so they can't see my wall. And they also, which I think is really interesting, the, just the, the terminology, the languages, they can't see my status, mm -hmm. huh. meaning your Facebook status or right. you know, my HIV status as sure. you know, the show is going on and things like that. But with, uh, um, you know, with the show happening and taking off as it is, um, I, I will be having to have the discussion with them soon. And, then that's a whole other issue of, you know, do I write that into the show? Do I just freeze the show as is? Um, you know, how much does it evolve? So we'll see what happens there. Only, only time will tell. Why do you think um, you haven't been able to sort of come out to them? Um, well, I, yeah, and I, I, I get into this in, in the show. Um, and like I said, I, you know, the, the initial reasons that, I, before I started doing the show, which again is a completely unexpected thing, I never expected to be performing in my life. Um, and so, you know, after testing positive and, and so many years of, you know, these past three years of, of living with being positive, um, you know, I, I made a choice not to tell my mother unless a ton of time had gone by and I'm doing very well or of course if something, you know, if, if things turned for the worst, then I would. Um, and the reasons for that ranged from, you know, not, not wanting to upset her, um, uh, just allowing her to, you know, she's getting into her later years, allowing her to enjoy her life, enjoy her grandchildren. But at the same time then I think about is it is it really that or is it really about me um, mm -hmm. not wanting to disappoint her, not wanting her to feel, you know, as if she's failed in some way. So, and I say in the show, I don't, I don't know if that choice is really about protecting her or if it's really about protecting me. Um, so, you know, I mean, the, the, the time is coming very, very near that I, I will sit down and chat with her. Yeah, that, that um, conversation, I remember having it with my mother, and um, it, it's, it's very difficult to say because, like you said, you don't want to disappoint, and you feel like that when you're letting them know what your status is or disclosing to them, they, you know, they're going to be disappointed in you. And it took my mom, uh, like I would say, five years to finally be okay with me, like, talking about it and sharing it with, like, basically other people. But, like, you're doing it a little bit different than me. I, like, kind of told my mother and then, like, told everybody. And right. you're kind of doing the show and then still not telling your mom. So, you know, it's kind, yeah. of, it's kind it's, of interesting because everybody does it different. It's like, yeah, it's a little bit backwards. And, you know, when I do tell her, it will be like, well, only you know and 500 other people. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's really still, you know, it's, it's an instant in stages. Um, but I, I think it's, Primarily, I, I, I will honestly admit that it's, you know, you live with it and you're dealing with it. And I, I and again, in my show, I'm going to keep quoting my show, I say, you know, that the, my, 
HIV status. This is this is not the immaculate contraction. You know, the AIDS mm-hmm. monster did not creep into my bedroom in the middle of the night and pounce. Um, so I do take a, a certain level of responsibility there, and you know, I'm always dealing with accepting that and and you know con- confronting that shame and guilt and trying to make peace with it. And it's you know telling your family just you know you think you you think you're okay. But then when it's time to tell someone new, particularly your mom, all of that just comes up again. And, and you know, it's a lot of not telling her. It's been about protecting myself from that. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. I had even a different experience than that. I, uh, when I found out, I was actually diagnosed with AIDS and I was in the hospital. And so I just uh, told my brother and then asked my brother to tell everybody. So I completely avoided um, having that conversation <laughs> with my entire family. And then it was like years and years later that I was actually able to tell my friends and, and people like that. Um, and I, I found that for me it's gotten easier as time has gone on. Like sort of the more people I come out to, the easier it gets. But I know that right. telling well, I, I have people a, is always the hardest for me. I have a question for you. So your your brother told them initially, I mean, did you – did you feel like you ever needed, did you feel like or did you have a moment where you felt like you did impart it to them personally? Like you had your sort of coming out moment with them directly? Yeah, I mean, I guess it was, uh, you know, when they came to see me in the hospital was like that time. And that was really a scary moment because I wasn't doing well and I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, but I think at that point I was more concentrating on sort of myself and getting better because I was right. so sick at the time. So yeah. It was a right. little bit different, a little bit different. But it's so interesting because everyone's story uh, is unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Very, um, very individual. So you, like I said, we, we talked earlier, we're, we're speaking with Dan Hoare again just so people know. Do you have a website, Dan? Well, I, I don't personally have a website as okay. of yet, um, as I'm, you know, still, this is still in the very primary stages. Um, my theater company has a website, um, which is athandtheater.com, um, R-E or E-R for theater, whichever you, you know, however fancy you want. Um, <laughs> and you, so you can, visit, you can visit that to find out a, a little bit about um, you know, our company and what I do as a director, but I've yet to um, start any kind of, um, you know, personal website. I have to see, you know, what happens with the show, and we're considering having At Hand produce, produce the show, but that's not in the bag yet. Um, so we'll see, but, you, you know, you can find me on Facebook. I'm, you know, right. I'm, a, I'm open. There. I'm easy. <laughs> <laughs> But I just want to remind people, if you're listening live and you're not in the chat room, you guys can join us in the chat room. You can go to blog talk radio backslash um, pause I am, and there's a chat room there. You can listen to us you know, and chat with other people who are listening live. If anybody has a question or would like to call in, you can reach us at 347-215-9442. So the first night you did the show, how was it? The first, the first night, um, I... It was, I mean, the, it was two nights, and it was phenomenal all, all, all together. And there's, like, there's maybe, like, a little over 50 seats in the space in there. So, you know, a small, small crowd. And I will readily admit that, um, you know, I could say that I knew the names of 75% of the people in there, or they were friends of friends, um, so even I am like a little bit skeptical. I'm like, of course, all these people are saying great things and they love me because they're my friends and they have to. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm, I am interested in going further with it to see what you know people who who don't know me and don't automatically love me or don't fear me and feel that they need to say it's great. Um, what they you know what their reaction is is to it. Um, and what's interesting, though, is as I've been reading it, you know, doing readings of it or performing it, I've had a number of people, um, people who I'm even close with and have known for for a while that are, you know, within my age range, 
that I didn't know were positive and, you know, did take me aside or tell me at some point, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm positive too and, you know, I'm not out about that and, you know, th- thank you and I really connected with it. So that's, I, that's the, I, I don't consider it a political piece mm-hmm. by any means, um, but I do think that there's a whole group of, of people, um, particularly gay men, who are probably 30 and under who are positive and are, you know, are not, not out about it in any way. Um, so, you know, there's, there's something really great in there and, and doing it and having people feel less alone, I guess. You know, it's funny, Dan, I just had this, like, idea in my head. Um, I don't know, are you familiar with Sin, Strength in Numbers? Yeah, well, I only only via internet, um, and which is how I found out about you guys because I I get all of their emails, which have been awesome in terms of like finding doctors and yeah. you know they have they have great discussions, and I I do read most of the emails and especially if somebody's like, hey, do you have a dentist or where do you go for this or information about ADAP or you know th- that that kind of thing. Um, so, and that's how I, I got the email for about you guys. And I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. Maybe I should send the information. So I've never been to a SIN event, though. Yeah, this, well, it just kind of reminded me is I know they have, they're planning a cruise for 2010. And I think somebody like you would be great, you know, like to, to go there and to do your show on the cruise. Oh, like, that's that would be a really like a, good idea. Yeah, that would be like really, really cool, I think, because it's different than just having somebody speak to you. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. I think that's something that you should look into. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a little afraid of cruises, just like being yeah, like sure. on a ship for that many days. I need to be free. I need to fly when I want. But, um, you know, yeah, that's, a, that's an awesome idea. It doesn't want to be like, you know, Kathy Griffin or Rosie O'Donnell on a cruise. Great, yeah, there well, you let go. me know. That's cuter. Yeah, if you're definitely interested, Dan, um, I know Brian who runs SIN, um, and, you know, I can connect you guys and transfer your emails or whatever. I think it would be a great idea and something very different than the normal speaker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's way better than playing Aladdin or Peter Pan on a Disney cruise. You know. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so where where have you been able to find support as a as a fairly newly diagnosed um, person, where were you able to find support when you were newly diagnosed, and where do you find support now? I, uh, you know, I mean, emotional support, I have, I do have an amazing group of friends, um, and while, you know, I mean, I have, I do have a, a couple of close friends who are positive. Um, one, after I was uh, diagnosed, I, I did, um Go. I took a trip to a, a friend of mine lives in Atlanta, and I did go to visit him. Um, and I told him, and it, it was it was great to you know speak with him and just see how he's living his life, and you know see how well he's doing. It was very encouraging, and you know we talked very openly about it. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say that on a day to day basis. I have other folks who are positive in my life, but I always feel supported, um, and mostly, I think, because, and again, I, I, my show is, my, the show is called My AIDS, which, um, you know, I don't have AIDS, you know, I'm HIV positive, I don't have AIDS, I've never had AIDS, um, but that's my sense of humor, which is very irreverent, and I think, I don't know if I say this in the show, but as, as you watch it, um, I, I think that there's something about perspective. I think that we all have our AIDS. You know, we all have, you know, I, I, I all have friends who, I have friends who've all been through stuff. Well, can I swear? Am I allowed to swear? They've all been through shit. Can I say that? Yes. Um, <laughs> but thank you for I said it. Sorry. Uh-oh. Here comes the FCC. <laughs> there's no, like, internet FCC, right? I'm not going to be like that no. girl on SNL. Um <laughs> But um, you know, I, I I I have friends who have uh, emotional problems, eating disorders. They've had abortions, you know, whatever. And you know, I think it's just that perspective and just communicating with 
the people in your life and just kind of like seeing that whatever whatever you're going through, um, you know, people might not be going through that same thing, but they're going through or have gone through something as well. And that's really beautiful to me when you can sort of get over whatever your own situation is and realize that others have gone through something similar. When I was the whole summer and fall that I was dealing with um, having tested positive, uh, my roommate, his mom was dying of cancer. And this is all in the show. Um, and so going through my situation, but also just seeing what he was going through and just connecting with each other about our, our difficulties was extremely supportive and really helped me to sort of gain perspective. Um, so the, that was a very long answer to a kind of simple question. I don't have like a an HIV support social group or friend group that I regularly visit, but I thank my friends and all their many, many, many issues. Keep me sane. <laughs> <laughs> So what have you what have you learned about yourself after doing the show? Um, well, what was really interesting is that I I the first draft of the show um, was it was this like I I read it and I read it for a few people and I had like some potential directors read it or I read it for them and what I learned just from sort of doing it and from from hearing what others had to say is that the first draft of it, I just sounded like the best little AIDS boy in the world. Like, I was doing so well. <laughs> I was so, I was healthy, I was happy. I, in three years, I overcame so much, and it, it was a little obnoxious. <laughs> um, <laughs> to, you know, to others and, and to me. Um, and I just, so, so writing it, I really just kind of had to confront, like, I just had to really con confront myself and be honest with myself about really where am I with all of this? Like, am I as okay as I'm writing? Like, am I writing, like, the ideal of how I want to feel about all of it? And be, or, or am I actually like that? And it turned out, like, I wasn't actually like that. And so then I, I really did have to sit down and, and grapple with some things, um, you know, and, and think about, you know, the fact that I haven't told my family and why I haven't told my family and um, you know, what level of strength am I at and how okay am I with all of it. So then the rewrites started to happen. And um, so I, you know, I realized that, you know, I don't think we'll ever be, I don't think any of us will ever be done with it, you know. And I, I have this one friend who I, I'm not super close with, but I, I, I was closer with him at the time of testing positive, and he um, doesn't take meds. He's um, undetectable. And I'm just like, oh, well, good for you. But um, I, he... <laughs> Lucky well, you. And, um, I, you know, I remember him saying to me, oh, you know, I'm just, uh, there are days when I just don't even think about it. And I'm sorry, but three years later, there has not been a day where I haven't thought about it. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think that, I think that we're, you know, anyone who's positive is always going to be dealing with it on some level, you know, and you have you have really great days and you have really, really dark days. And I guess it was just an issue of me confronting what some of those darker moments were. So that was the experience of writing it. And, you know, and that, and that was very, it was very healing and, and really wonderful to do. And also just having people connect with it and, you know, talking after the show and, and saying, people who aren't positive and saying, I totally know what you're saying. I, I, I totally felt that way too. And, and, you know, I'm not positive, but I, I really understand where you're coming from and thank you for saying that. And so that's, now, now I feel like it's really not 
just about me and, you know, that it's, um, you know, it's helping me and it's helping other people as well. So that's awesome. And it's really funny. That's amazing that you were able to uh, be able to write something and perform something and have that connection with people that are positive and also people that aren't positive. I mean, that's, yeah. that's huge, you know. It's like a, uh, you were able to create some sort of universal um, theme where people could connect and then actually come up and talk to you about it. How did that yeah. feel when, when that happened? I mean, it's, it's, it's overwhelming um, on both good and bad levels. I mean, because the play, as much as it is about me, being HIV positive, it's also it's a it's it's a whole story about me growing up and and dealing with this ideal of when are you an adult? Like when do you, when do you feel like an adult? When do you have the job, the salary, the partner? Like when and I and I talk about yeah you know, when when do I have this kitchen with an island with copper pots hanging over it? You know, <laughs> and so it's this. this this notion of like you know this the story about like struggling to attain those things, which I think that and then having this terrible thing happen while struggling with all of that, and I think everybody everybody goes through that um, so that it's been universal on that level, and I also talk about depression, you know I think a lot of um a lot of my twenties was just filled with so much uncertainty and um just not caring for myself and, and sort of being outside of myself. does a one-man show called My AIDS, um, and you can find information on him and um, his uh, work at thehandtheater.com, um, and they will be calling back into the show to join me shortly. Um, let's see, where are they? Okay, there's Scott. You there, Scott? I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I hear you. I don't know what happened there. I got kicked off. That was weird. Yeah, Dan's phone was going in and out, and I, I he was breaking up, and I don't know that caused a chain reaction. Dan, you there? Hi, I'm here. What, you, you hung up on me? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Great interview. Um, <laughs> you're on a cell phone, aren't you? What's that? Are you on a cell phone? Well, who's not on a cell phone? Well, I just wanted to make sure because sometimes they break. <laughs> sometimes they drop, and I lost you. I lost no, you I don't know. Some some British better. some British lady told me that I was you know I was out of time. She was talking to me too. You know, who is this British lady anyway? Who is <laughs> she? Lady, she runs the control room. Oh, okay. All right, she's on the staff. <laughs> she's on the staff. That's a good one. She did not care for me. She was. I'm done with this guest. Um, But anyway, so I I was talking about a a person who, um, you know, this this close friend who, after a first reading of it, told me he was positive, and I just thought, well, that's it. It's all worth it. The fact Mm -hmm. that this friend of mine who I'd known for years, and I didn't know, and he didn't know about me, and I just thought, well, if nothing ever comes of this, this moment with this person connecting with it and revealing this to me makes it all worth it. Um, so there, and there's a lot of that, like, um, in general, but it's also a little weird in that, you know, I've had, um, you know, mothers come up to me after the show and be like, oh, so wonderful, you have to tell your, you know, people giving me advice mm-hmm. on, on what I, what I should do next is a little odd. <laughs> like, okay. And what, they, what do they say you should do next? Well, I had, like, these moms who were, one of them I knew, the other woman I didn't know at all, and they, and they were like, you have to tell your mother. You, you know, as a mother, you, you need to know. And, and that was a little odd. I mean, I, the one lady I knew, and she's, she's a friend of mine, and um, the other lady I didn't know, so it was kind of, it was just sort of odd. You know, like, 
And I'm sure you guys uh, experience this kind of thing too mm-hmm. now at this point because you're you're public. You have people that like you know sort of feel like they can tell you things and share things with you, and that makes me you know it's it's just a little weird, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just a little odd, you know, and and so there, there's always a concern of. Um, you know, like how how much will people connect and and will it get weird? And you know, I, I I have had people like you know share some intense things with me afterwards, which is understandable. I just shared something intense with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, so you got to be a little careful about that, I think. You know. Sure, because I mean, if they make that connection with you and they don't have that sort of connection, maybe with somebody else, then you might be their new best friend. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Or they're that, new. They're they're sort of new person to take care of, um, and you might be filling in for somebody who isn't there anymore in their lives. And you know that's sort of a that can be a really difficult place to be. Um, right. Yeah. And so maybe that's part of what you experience too. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't. I don't think I intend to be like a spokesperson. Sure. Um. You know, I'm just telling my story, and right. and that's particular to me, and it, it, it may um, resonate things with you, and that's wonderful, but I, I certainly don't want any, I, I don't want to ever feel like I'm pushing any kind of agenda or, or telling people how they, you know, they should live or what choices they should make. I think everyone's sort of got to figure that out on, my own, on their own, you know, be influenced, sure. You know, but if I get any crazies, I'm just going to tell them that Robert Brining will be happy to talk to them. And you know. <laughs> thanks, I appreciate that. I'm putting them your way. Yeah. <laughs> now, Dan, were you involved in the AIDS community and like in activism before this? No, like, I mean, not in not in any kind of activism. Um, you know, I I never did AIDS walk they, in in New York. Um, GMHC used to have the AIDS Dance-a-thon, mm-hmm. which I really liked, and I formed a team one year, and we were called Solid Bold, <laughs> um, and we had matching T-shirts. It was great. Um, and so, you know, like I mean, I've done the, I've done the standard kind of stuff. I've um, particularly in Buffalo, I've done like queer theater, um, but never. I no, no, I've never been any kind of activist. But I, you can I yourself think, one now. Well, that's the thing. I, 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 you know, it's like what what the what now uses the National Organization for Women. They were fucking out of my ass here, but um, they they were founded on the notion that the personal is the political. Hmm. Um, so I just think that as as long as people are being honest and and telling their stories, which is what I'm trying to do. Um, they, don't, they don't have an overt political agenda, um, but I think it's, it, it is always political to, to come out about something like that and start talking about it, and it raises awareness and consciousness and things like that. So I, I might end up being one, but, you know, <laughs> sort of accidental, an accidental activist. <laughs> it could be possible. What you should do is you should join the social network that we have that goes with the radio show and post, you know, when you do have um, another show coming up and you're going to do it because I really want to come see this. And I well, need you're to know, gonna, like, well, in I'll, advance. <laughs> well, when there's, when there's an official run, you're going to have me back as a guest. Yes, absolutely. what you're absolutely. going to do. Yes. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> We'll we'll make sure everybody knows about it. And well, now, where you're? Where are you? You're in Philly. I'm in yeah. I'm in I'm in Levittown. It's right outside of Philly. But so you're New you're York. right outside of Philly. All right. Well, I know some I know some folks in Philly. Um, a good friend of mine. She's the she, I, I don't know if I should say this in the radio, but it's just whatever. She's um she's the head gay. I call her the head gay of Philly. Mm-hmm. She's the LGBT liaison to the mayor. Oh, wow. Um, and another friend of mine is, you know, um, uh, director at the Mazzoni Center. Oh, I love the Mazzoni Center. They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to, like, get those girls to start networking for me to, you know, to get some, some kind of presentation of it. 
in Philly. So, but if it doesn't happen before, it won't happen before New York. But you are expected to be here in New York for. That's okay. I was just there the Saturday. Oh, good. Well, you didn't call me. I mean, so I didn't know. <laughs> and I, I live in New York, um, Dan. You, so I, I certainly will come and see uh, next time you're performing your show. Well, and there will be more than two chances. So that's yes. you know. Good. good. I, I, I mean, look forward to it. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Well, Dan, thank you for coming on the show. Um, we're almost out of time, but um, you're a funny guy, man. I can't wait to come see the show. <laughs> thank you so, so much. I, well, I look forward to meeting both of you. This is it's very exciting. Thank you so much for having me. It's, thank it's you. Been wonderful to talk to you guys. Well, thanks, Dan. You have a great day, a great night. All right. You too. Take thanks. care, guys. Bye, Dan. Bye-bye. And I'm hoping you guys can find... Dan Horrigan on Facebook. That's the best place to find him. His last name is H-O-R-R-I-G-A-N. He was some funny stuff. <laughs> yeah, he, he is a blast. <laughs> funny, funny, funny. People are laughing. They're in the chat room and they're saying that um, Pazayam is outsourcing the foreigners. <laughs> because I said, I said she was on the, the what did I say? She was working the control board. She's somebody who works for Blog Talk Radio. That's all. It was like a recording you probably heard. <laughs> so it's funny oh my lord so I wanted to talk a little bit about this weekend because to me it was like I, I put up a blog on Pause I Am about it and I called it a weekend of taking action because like it was the first weekend where I was completely consumed with stuff that was related about me because usually on the weekend you know either my partner's working or we're, he has a show and you know I'm doing stuff with him but um, on Saturday I actually traveled to New York, Scott, you know, and we met for lunch. Yeah. But before that, I actually um, sat down and had uh, – basically, I can't say too much, but I was working on a project with Logo, you know, the Logo channel that people have on cable. And I actually got to meet the one and only Angina, which was really, really cool for me because, uh, you know, she just recently came out over the last year. And she touched a lot of people because she had that breakdown – that was totally unexpected, and that breakdown, everybody who's HIV positive has it at least once, where they just cry when they're saying it because they've never really said it out loud before to somebody else. Absolutely. And I, she touched me in so many, well, not in so many ways, but <laughs> <laughs> when she did touch me in so many ways, it, you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of like re-energized re myself to, to get out there and, and to really do what I'm doing because... Uh, she's inspiring, and I thought it was a great, great thing to go up there and, and meet her. It was like one of those people you see on TV. Just like when I, I Thursday night, actually, I went and had dinner um, with Jack McEnroth because he was in Philly for the Philly AIDS Walk. Uh -huh. And um, we went and had dinner at Buka. Come on, there's one in there's one in New York, Buka. Asa Buka? No, no, it's uh, um, Buda Budokan, Budokan. Oh, Budokan, right. Oh, my God, the food was amazing, um, you know, and meeting Jack was great because we haven't met and we host the show. You know, and even Jeremy I haven't met. Um, so <laughs> to meet him for the first time, it was, like, really, really cool, and we sat and we had, you know, dinner there with uh, his friends from the Living Positive by Design campaign that he's running at work, and, and we just had dinner, you know, and it was just really nice just to get out and, and to finally meet people. So it was an amazing thing, and then having lunch with you, it was great because I was like, I'm up here. I was like, I wanted, I, you were like the person I wanted to go have lunch with. <laughs> I was like, I know Scott's up there. I was like, let's hopefully he has off where, you know, he can come out and have lunch yeah, with yeah. him. So it was great. That was a lot of fun. And I want to hear, like, so what is Aunt China really like? Oh, she's just like you saw on TV. Just a yeah. cute, maybe a uh -huh. little shorter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but she was so funny. Um I posted pictures on Facebook and on Pause I Am, so people can check that out. They'll be on MySpace soon. Um, but, like, it was just, like, surreal, like, for this weekend to, to, to meet both of them and you. It was just crazy to, 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 to just make that connection. But she was so, like, so gentle, so funny. Everything was, like, a cute little joke. She looked fabulous. Uh -huh, I mean, of um, so funny. Um, and, and so great. She, uh, they were taking pictures, and uh, the one guy, Adam, who was, um, you know, I guess producing or directing the whole thing that was going on, he uh, looked over and took our picture, 
And he's like, oh, the flash, I have to turn the flash off. And I was like, I don't know how to turn the flash off. I didn't even know I turned it on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she grabs it from me, and she's like, here, give it to me. I'm Asian. I'll fix it. And she's <laughs> punching around. <laughs> and she fixed it. She was just, it was just, she was so funny, so down to earth. Um, and it was just a really, really great experience. Isn't that nice when people uh, wind up being exactly what you picture them to be in real life mm-hmm. after you've seen them on TV and maybe talking to talk to them on the radio or something like that? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. it was definitely a time I'll, I'll never forget. You know, this whole weekend it was just crazy. And then um. And then the AIDS walk today, right? Yeah, well, I drug Tracy with me to New York on Saturday, as you know, because you met her. Yeah. But, like, yep. we had to catch the train at 9 o'clock in the morning. We were back in, in, in Trenton by 5 o'clock. So it was, like, a very, like, crazy day of traveling on the train. And then, yes, then this morning we had to get up at the butt crack of dawn to go on the Philly AIDS walk. And it was a monsoon out. Oh like, my it was God. pouring rain, nor'easters coming up the coast, and, of course, we had the Philly AIDS walk. So... We get there about 8.30-ish, and the cool thing is, as soon as we got there, Jack was just beginning to speak. Oh, great. great. speech. So I was like, great, I got it. You know, I was able to see here to see that, because that's what I wanted. I wanted to, to see him up there talking, because, you know, I wanted to get a picture with him as well, because I didn't get one during dinner. Uh-huh. You know, because I was like, I, oh, we're going to dinner. I'm not going to be like, hey, can I take your picture? You know, right, like, right. I see you on the walk. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I even took I even took the dad, dad the AIDS bear with me. Um to do the walk and everybody complimented on his poncho. <laughs> yes, I saw that picture of Dad the AIDS Bear in that homemade poncho with his little ears sticking out of the top and that was so adorable. <laughs> yeah, it was actually we went and bought ponchos for ourselves and uh-huh. you know there were two for a buck and one was clear, one was yellow and I was like, I ain't wearing a yellow one on the walk. People no one's gonna be able to read my shirt. You know, I have a yeah. positive radio shirt, I want people to see it. So I literally cut the hood off of the yellow one. Uh-huh. And like got twisty ties and tied it around his neck and his legs so he didn't get wet and put little holes in his ears. <laughs> <laughs> it was the coolest thing because I had him hanging out and like everybody, I would like they would be walking behind me, look at him, he has a little raincoat on. They were like laughing. It was so cute. That it was really horrible. Just doing things like that when like I just eight and a half miles. That's for that is far. a long. That's a long walk, man. Very, very long, and usually we have a big, uh, not a big group, but usually we have like a group of four or five of us who walk together, and uh-huh. since it rained, um, Teresa, one of the members of Pazayam, she couldn't come because uh-huh. she said it was horrible, and she usually comes with like her two daughters, her three grandchildren. Um, Linda is the other one who's been with us for, I believe, last year she came, and she didn't come either because of the rain. Um, mm-hmm. So I know it held a lot of us back. But the first four miles, it was like spitting, raining, cold, and then we crossed the bridge and then go back the other four miles, uh-huh. and the rain stopped. And it was like <laughs> the sun actually came out, and I was like, can you believe it? The oh sun's my out. Gosh. So it was like, ended up being really nice, but right now, my legs are killing me. I'm sure. Like, oh my killing gosh. me. So, do, do any um, sort of preliminary count as to how much the Philly AIDS um, walk raised and is there still a way to donate um or sponsor you i don't know if there's a way to sponsor me directly but i know if people go to um, aidswalkphilly.org they can go and more than likely make a donation there at any time terrific um, uh let's see yeah i personally myself i raised um 240 bucks um you know it's, it's, it's a, thanks but it's a tight year you know a lot of people are not working and money's tight. So I know, like, Linda was like, nobody would donate this year. I couldn't get anybody. And last year, she had, like, $600. You know what I mean? I'm like, but it's not about what you, how much you get. You know what I mean? Right, right. I got my T-shirt. <laughs> I really wanted the sweatshirt for $500. If you donate it, you got a free sweatshirt. And, uh-huh. you know, I, it went up afterwards, and I was like, you know, can you tell me, do, uh, do you have extra sweatshirts, and, and do you sell them? Because right. I really, really wanted a sweatshirt. It was really nice. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, no, we only give them out if they, you know, donate at 500 or more, so we don't sell them. I'm like, well, wouldn't you want to make another $50 or something? Like, <laughs> Yeah, seriously. So I was a little mad, but actually the guy who runs the Philly AIDS Fund is going to be on the show. His name is Rob. Um, he's going to be on in November, and he's going to talk about all the World AIDS Day events that we're going to have in Philly, and he's going oh, to talk great. about the gay, the gay bingo that we hold. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, because we do this 
gay bingo, and it's crazy. Drag queens dress up, and they do a theme every every month, and it's really, really cool. <laughs> it's really cool because, like, when they call out um, 069, you got to stand up and put your arm up and go, oh, 69. It's, like, <laughs> it's really funny because they, they just make it fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all the money there goes to um, goes to the AIDS fund, so it goes right back into the organizations here in Philly and the people living with HIV and AIDS, which is always important. Terrific, that's great. So, what do you so have? Anything important. coming up or anything going on? I'm just working, working, working away, um, and excited to see what the World AIDS Day um, events are this year. I usually find out about them at the like just. I don't know, maybe the week before, um, there usually isn't a whole lot going on these days in terms of, like, World AIDS Day events. So, um, I don't know. Maybe I'll look around, and if I don't see anything, maybe I'll start something. Right? Yeah. Well, we do a little, you know, a little thing here. It doesn't even make the news. Yeah. Last year, I went um, on a little candlelight vigil, and there were, like, 50 people. And I'm like, wait a second, where is everybody? I mean, yeah, it was, you know, December 1st, and it was cold and windy and stuff like that, and everyone's, everyone's candles were blowing out. But um, I felt like it was way uh, too few people. And so I would like to try and get that um, count up a little bit more for this year. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I can – maybe I'll organize something on Facebook. Who knows? But – I just started uh, at a new job three weeks ago, so I'm oh, really? heavily involved. Yeah, yeah. I'm very much involved in um, getting used to the the culture over there and the paperwork and, and all that sort of stuff. I'm still doing counseling with young LGBT uh, people, but, you know, the paperwork and, and the office space and everything takes a little bit of getting used to. But I'm loving it, and... Uh, loving the people I'm working with and the people I'm working for, and so it's all good. But it takes it definitely takes some, some getting used to. <laughs> you know, that just reminded me, um, as I'm sitting here thinking about one thing I wanted to mention is um, next week we have a amazing lady, this courageous lady coming on, Diane Reeve, and you may have seen her. I know you did, Scott, but other people yes. may have seen her on 2020. Um, and she was one of seven women who were on 2020, and she was interviewed, um, a man in Texas purposely inspected her and those seven women, and I think it was a total of 11? It could be, something like that, yeah. Or maybe, I thought maybe it could possibly even be 23. But here, the guy, the guy who, went, who was purposely infecting her and, and other women ended up going behind bars and going to jail, to prison, because of, basically because of Diane. Diane really started the whole entire thing of trying to catch him. You know what I mean? Because, like, I understand, like, a lot of people got offended, and I did right away when I saw the commercials for the show, and I literally had to watch the interview three times Yeah, to, to, you know, to really get a feel for it. Yeah, and, he has a way of editing like that and making, some, making things seem not quite as what they are. But I, feel, I felt like when she was talking and when all the women were talking, it became really clear as to exactly what was going on, which, which was incredible. Right, and the cool thing about it is she's going to be on the show Sunday. And I remember when I when I got I found her on I found her on Facebook, and I was like, "Oh, you come on my show?" And she said, "Yeah." And I was like, so excited. I was like, "I can't believe it!" I just saw her on TV, and now she's going to be on the radio show. And then <laughs> yesterday, or no Friday, I'm sitting here and I'm watching Oprah live. Uh huh. And they show a commercial for Tuesday's Oprah, and her and four other women, four of the women are back on Oprah. And they're going to share their story on Oprah, too. Shut up. The same people? Yeah, tell me about it. Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Oh, my gosh. You got a DVR. And I told Jeremy, I told everybody, I said, you have to DVR it because you'll probably miss it if you're working. I was like, but it's great that she's going to be on there right before the radio show so people can go and hear her story and see exactly what it is and then come listen to her here. And maybe she'll say, hey, Oprah, I'm going to be on Paz I Am Radio. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Could you imagine? Oh, that's great wow good timing yeah so so definitely people have to check that out um and she didn't even tell me about the oprah thing it was just like i found out friday and i was like oh my god i was like crazy i can't wait because i'm like a really big fan of her because a lot of women do not come out and talk about it and for Absolutely. her to come out and talk about it after the way that she was infected not that it matters it's just mm-hmm. very courageous to me for her to do that so um, absolutely yeah 
great. So people can watch that on Oprah and then tune in to us. Um, folks, you can find more information on uh, myself or Scott at posim.com. Go to the network or on Facebook, Twitter. We're everywhere. Scott Kramer, thank you again for meeting me and hanging out with me in New York this weekend and coming on the show and filling in for Jack and Jeremy. Thank you. It's always a pleasure, and it was fantastic to meet you. Yes, and tell Rex, thank you so much for allowing you to take some time out of your night to, <laughs> to spend with me. Will. I know he did I will. a little fishy. Right? You have a great night. Thanks. You too. Have a good night, everyone. Bye-bye.